Welcome to the Possibility Podcast. I'm Mel Schwartz, your host and thought provocateur. I've been practicing psychotherapy for well over 20 years. During that time, I've been so fortunate to witness countless breakthroughs while working with people, whether one-on-one, as a speaker, in professional trainings, or in workshops. The insights that I've garnered have inspired me to write over a hundred articles and several books, including the companion title to this podcast, The Possibility Principle, which you can find wherever books are sold. On this and every episode, I'll be introducing new ways of thinking, relating, and communicating to help you truly thrive in your life, to reach the possibilities that you may long for. Think of this as a new game plan for living. Thanks for enjoying my emerging community of possibility seekers, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's episode. We're going to explore today the futility and the frustration that we experience when we try to convince other people of something that they don't believe in. When we try to change other people's minds, we experience this on levels around politics, where it's ever prevalent, to our personal relationships, and to concepts like religion, life, death, spiritual beliefs. These can be very frustrating experiences. So, how can we change someone's mind, or more importantly, get them to open their minds to consider things that we want them to consider, things that they've never looked at before? Typically, what we do is we engage in arguments, and in the argument, we throw facts at one another. Facts rarely, if ever, change people's minds or beliefs or opinions. Thomas Jefferson famously said, I never saw an instance of two disputants convincing one another by argument. Facts don't change people's minds because we either tend to disbelieve the fact we're hearing or we offer contrary facts to support our position. So the frustration that we have in communication is we want so terribly, so desperately to convince somebody of our position and get them to align to our beliefs and our facts and our truth, and we fail in that instance. Now, nothing forecloses on the possibility of opening someone else's mind as quickly as saying, you're wrong. We've discussed this before in regard to our personal intimate relationships. How do you feel the moment someone tells you you're wrong? It's pointless for that other person to then present facts or data to convince you you're wrong because the moment you're told that you're wrong, your mind is closed down. It's become defensive. You've either preparing a rebuttal or actually you feel ashamed and embarrassed that you're wrong, but your mind is closed down to opening to accessing new information. So, If we shouldn't be sharing facts to convince someone of something else, what should we be doing? Beliefs. Beliefs are far more powerful than facts. We can never convince another by argument, but we can start to open up the rigidity of what we believe to be true by looking at beliefs. I'll share an example 
have how I came to what I felt was a very profound insight in this regard. It was perhaps 10 years ago. I was giving a talk on the change process. I think of myself and my passion is devoted toward change, not necessarily changing the other, but our own personal evolution and emergence. I believe that reality is perpetually changing itself, and we should be part of that reality-making process. So at the Westport Historical Society, I was giving a talk on how we can facilitate our own desired changes. A gentleman in the audience raised his hand. He had a question. You could tell immediately by the tone of his voice that he was taking exception with what I was proposing. I asked him, are you saying you don't believe people can change? He shook his head adamantly and said, that's right. I don't believe people can change. I was about to respond with data, with facts, with personal narratives about how I have experienced countless people changing. But I paused for a moment. I let some space come over me so that I could intuit or ask a more significant question. I didn't know what the question would be, but it came to me in a moment. I said to him, so you don't believe people can change. Can you share with us how you came to that belief? You see what I did? I took a statement of fact that he was proposing. Arguably, I was as well. And I transitioned the fact, people change, people don't change, into a belief. Now, when I asked him, how did you come to that belief? He paused. He reflected, and he shared his childhood experiences, his family of origin, and himself. And he couldn't recount anyone he knew in his family or anyone close to him that had ever really significantly changed. I took in and contemplated his belief and his experiences. I paused, and I asked him, so if you had grown up in my family as my sibling, which was a very differing experience, and we all experienced change, do you think you might have a different belief? No, he shrugged his shoulders and he said, I guess so. So I said to him, so we have different beliefs based upon differing experiences. That's okay. You see what I had done? I took experience and belief and brought it to the forefront rather than arguing facts. You see, to be told that you're wrong or that your facts are wrong leaves you in an automatic, very fixed, rigid defensiveness. But sharing beliefs, well, beliefs are fungible. They are shiftable. It's okay to change your beliefs. There's no humiliation. There is no sense of disgrace that I'm wrong. With facts, you can be wrong, but with beliefs, there's a softer, gentler tone to them. So beliefs are far more powerful in influencing what we think true or not. With different beliefs, no one needs to be wrong. We can share our beliefs. It isn't hostile. It's not adversarial. And it's easier to change a belief than to admit you're wrong or to change your truth. You see, in notions of right and wrong and true, our thought gets involved and our thought works overtime to defend its territory and assert that it's right because it's avoiding the humiliation of being wrong. Now, where do our beliefs come from? How did we come to these beliefs? 
Well, just as this gentleman in the audience had shared, it was primarily his family of origin. Our primary family informs our beliefs greatly. Our friends and those close to us as we start to get a bit older and separate out from the family influence our beliefs very much. Then the subculture that we come from, the socioeconomic class, the political beliefs that we have start to reinforce our beliefs. These beliefs correlate to our values. Think about core values like do you believe it's a competitive dog-eat-dog reality and that individuals have to compete to win? Or do you believe in the kindred spirit of humankind and believe in cooperation and collaboration? Those core differing value sets will then inform your beliefs around politics and personal matters. On personal level, if you believe that people take advantage of each other and you have to put your guard up, you're going to adhere to a certain set of data and facts. Are you an optimist or a pessimist? Rather than think that either is true, ask yourself, how did I come to this belief? These beliefs typically come from what you've learned and what you've heard and what you've experienced. Very often, our experiences tend to be self-confirming prophecies around our beliefs. So, for example, if you struggle with low self-esteem and yet get endless praise and recognition, that praise and recognition in and of itself doesn't change your belief about yourself around feeling insecure or not valuable or as good as anyone else. You tend to disregard the experience that doesn't conform to your belief. That said, new experiences can alternatively radically change your beliefs. Let's look at beliefs like racism or hatred. When people associate with like-minded people, they become self-enforcing meta-beliefs. I recently read and please forgive me, I don't recall the name of the individual. He was the heir apparent to lead the skinheads. His beliefs were steeped in racism and hatred. He decided to go to college. Ironically, strangely, he was paired as a roommate with a young man who was Jewish and a young man who was African-American. And rather than fall into antagonism and hatred, his two roommates decided that they were going to be the best that they could be with him and for him. They treated him with kindness and concern. Over a period of time, his core beliefs about Jews and blacks changed significantly. His direct experience allowed him to shift his primary beliefs. By the time he left college, he disavowed racism and wrote a book about that. You see, our beliefs inform the bias of which facts we will adhere to and not. Today, in the era of fake news and the horrific consequences of fake news, by the way, as an aside, I think that the future of humanity now will be as impacted by fake news as it is by climate change, global warming, more appropriately put, COVID, fascism. The loss of the construct of a truth that we can all believe in and the advent of fake news ultimately may unravel the fabric of society 
Because if we can't have agreed upon truths, and I'm not talking about absolute truths, I'm talking about facts, events that have occurred, and then succumb to the fake news that those events, in fact, never occurred. The construct of truth falls apart, and that is the foundation of society. But let's move back right now to beliefs and facts. It's our belief which informs which fact we will pay attention to and which fact we will dismiss. So don't argue right versus wrong. Don't argue facts. Whether it's politics or personal, learn to speak subjectively. When we speak subjectively, we're not engaged in argument. It's less antagonistic and it's less offensive. If you find yourself about to get involved in a personal dispute, think to yourself, I want to remove the barrier of opposition of right versus wrong. For those of you who have read about or listened to my podcast on the 5% rule, the suggestion is simple. Find a small piece of what you're hearing from the other person that you might agree with. That sets up a rapport. It sets up a respectful listening in which we can find the common ground, then you can begin to shift and actually develop a quality of empathy. What does it feel like to be this person that I'm speaking with? Once that person feels your concern, your desire to connect, you're empathizing with them, they are now going to be prepared to take in and open to a differing belief that you have, which is ultimately the goal. Many years ago, I was called for jury duty. As I was sitting on the witness stand as a prospective juror, the prosecutor asked me, could I be objective? Well, for those of you who are familiar with my work or my book, The Possibility Principle, I went on to explain that I do not believe objectivity actually exists. Quantum reality of inseparability, that nothing is apart from anything else, means that we're not objective because we're not standing discreetly apart and distant, we're participating. So I explained why I could not answer the question, could I be objective? I did not believe in objectivity. The judge was very curious. He looked down at me and said, Mr. Schwartz, if that's not the right question to ask, what should we ask you? I said, judge, let me ask you a question. Do you have beliefs? He smiled kind of in a bemused look. And he said, well, of course I have beliefs. I said, well, judge, we all have beliefs. It's human to have beliefs. Beliefs are biases, aren't they? Of course they are. So we are biased. That is our human instinct. Instead of hiding behind the bias and making argument about objective facts, we need to step into our bias and share our beliefs and how we came to them, that is civil. It is generative. And ultimately, it can be empathic and compassionate. We can get to understand one another's experiences. From that vantage point, differing beliefs become amenable to change. Sharing our beliefs with each other is respectful. And on personal relationships, it's far healthier to share differing beliefs differing biases than to argue about you're wrong, I'm right, you're never wrong, and to make objective statements that are harmful. In the political realm, 
if we ever had an opportunity to hear during a debate a candidate for office sharing how he came to his or her belief instead of arguing facts back at one another, we might all learn a lot and get a much deeper, closer look at who that candidate is. Instead of arguing about is there global warming or not, as though we have read all the scientific data, which is ridiculous, the question is, why have we come to believe what we believe? What is it underneath that belief that is forming our reality? We can do so much better with each other by sharing our beliefs and inquiring of one another and of ourselves what is underneath the belief that has constructed our truth. And think of the word truth in quotes. In our next episode, I'm going to be exploring how we can change our own mind. Today's episode, of course, was about how to open another's mind to seeing differently, contemplating differing beliefs that's so different than the way we experience each other and communicate. So for now, think about your beliefs, ask one another about their beliefs and how they came to them. That's the narrative of a life story about our experiences and our biases and a very, very human experience. Until then, stay safe and stay well. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Possibility Podcast with me, Mel Schwartz. To learn more about this topic and related subjects, please be sure to check out The Possibility Principle, my book at thepossibilityprinciple.com. I always welcome and look forward to your feedback. Please leave a comment at the show notes for this episode at melschwartz.com slash podcast or simply send me an email at mel at melschwartz.com. You can also use that email address if you'd like to be a caller on a future show and have a topic you'd like me to discuss. If you never want to miss an episode, find The Possibility Principle in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and be sure to hit that subscribe button. You'll get new episodes as soon as they are released. And if you know anyone who might benefit from The Possibility Podcast, please tell them about the show. Thank you for listening. And until next time, have a great day and keep summoning up those new possibilities. Thank you.